Let's go! The Football Frenzy. Hey, you hit me so hard down there. The Football Frenzy on Cofield and Company. Company. Hour two with Cofield and Adam Hill. Stanford route, former Raiders coming up in about 15 minutes. Heavy football hour. Uh, clarifying uh, one thing that R.J. Clifford was saying there. I guess there have has there been some rumors out about who could be the president or interim president with Dan Ventrelli out with the Raiders. He mentioned that Dave Ziegler was the president. You haven't seen anything that makes that official, right? No. Okay. Yeah, that was. We both were like, wait, since we've been on the air, what happened? It wouldn't – it also – if it did happen, it would. I would think that would be super temporary, right? You would think is so. The president is more – for you, what's that position entail? Is it more business side? It is and it's not. I mean, it, it's, it's, it's non-football technically. Yeah. Uh, but everything's football, and I know, you know, one of the – one of the rumors that was out there certainly floating when the old administration was there, Bedane, of, you know, sometimes when they want to go in on a big contract and, you know, Gruden and Mack wanted somebody and Bedane is like, well, we don't have the cash for it. And there was that whole, now who knows how true any of that stuff is. But, right. I mean, there is there is those sorts of ties between the football side and the non-football side. Um, so they're connected, but it's more a non-football job. I just mentioned cornerback. Are they waiting on Bradbury? The Giants cornerback who the Giants have wanted to trade forever. There's no takers to this point. So they're probably going to competition for him. Is that the yeah. plan, or you just think they're going to piece it together at that second cornerback position? I mean, I'm sure they're very interested. I mean, I'm sure that's going to be something that comes up if he's actually available. Well, he's available, but if he's on the open market, um, I'm sure that they're going to be among the teams that are seeking his services. Uh, I think that's certainly a plan. Uh, if you missed it yesterday... It's big news, but Vegas will not be hosting the 2025 BCS title game. Your thoughts? Did you see the explanation? Yeah, I didn't want to move CES. College football was like, yeah, move CES. Vegas is like, no, No. you move. Yeah, you move. I think it's so awesome. Which is what we should do. Now, I I think college football should have moved. Yeah, we've we've been saying they should move for a long time. It doesn't make sense to play the games the way that they play them. But well, it's completely ridiculous now. Anything that's on the first or New Year's Eve is just it's counterproductive for the semis. Of course, it doesn't make any sense. So they should have used it and said, "Hey, we're forced into this." Now I know the problem is that they're they're beholden to TV and TV doesn't want to move. So right. um, is Vegas beholden to TV? No, exactly. Uh, but, I, I mean, listen, it would have been cool to have it here. I'm, of course. I'm, it will still be here at some point. Um, but, uh, yeah, I think well, – first, I don't know why we couldn't move CES that far out either. Let's just move it. Is there Has there been a threat of CES not being here in the future since we had so many problems with all these conventions for a couple of years with COVID? Not really. Where it's like, hey, let's not mess around with it? No, not really. I, I don't think so. I mean, don't you believe that, yeah, two years out, they actually – they're planning two years out. Yeah, but I—I I mean, I think you just actually move, that's three years. literally move everything a year. I mean, or not a year, a week, two and a half. You just literally move everything one week. Yeah. Oh, you're, we were planning this for Tuesday the fourth. It's Tuesday the eleventh now. That's fine. We're out. I don't, I don't really. I don't. I don't know. I don't know the we're logistics not of that. Um, I also. Yeah, I, don't I, don't know also the, I don't know the exact enormity of CES. Like, does is CES set for like a hundred and ten thousand hotel rooms? 
of no, our they one, can't of have our it one, at the same time. Of our one fifty-five. Yeah, they can't have it at the same time. We know that, but that's fine. I, I, like move one of the one or the other. I think football should have moved, but I also I don't know why CES can't move this far. Now, if it was this coming January, no, stop. It's ridiculous. Like the things are like literally planned, and flights are booked, and hotels are booked, and everything else. That far out, like you can't book anything. So I don't know. I don't know why you couldn't move it, but maybe there's there's another convention that's planned the next week that's taking up the convention center, and you can't do it. I, I have no idea. I'm probably a jerk for smiling when I saw the story come down, but I did. Okay. Well, you know, around college football, I think we assume that everyone does everything by the book. It's on the up and up. You know, this program would never do. You know, say like what. Arizona State was doing during COVID. Herm, program's out of control. Couple, you know, a bunch of assistants went bye-bye. Bunch of players left. Did you see the news that uh, it's funny that the investigation's been completed? I mean, it's not funny. I guess you'd expect it from the Air Force Academy, right? It's going to be very buttoned up, private. But story comes down that four ex Air Force assistants, including uh, Wisconsin's linebacker coach, violated NCAA rules by hosting high school prospects during the COVID dead period. And that's what Arizona State got in trouble for. I don't know if it's the exact same thing. Air Force has completed its investigation and is awaiting the NCAA's ruling. Air Force did something like that? Troy Calhoun? I don't believe it. I mean, obviously you bring sarcastic. I believe it. Everyone believes it. It's not surprising. It's college football. It's not Air Force. It's college football. And I hope Wisconsin gets punished. They should. <laughs> Nothing for Air Force. Well, they hired uh, the Air Force should too, but they didn't they hire one of the assistants. Okay, good. Oh, I don't know if that should be the case. I do. You hire like somebody a, that that committed a violation. Yeah. Okay, now you're getting punished too. I think the best part about it is trying to get Troy Calhoun to talk about it in the future. Yeah, right. Because he is incredibly truculent, and he will use. Every advantage he has as the head coach well, at Air Force they would say, to not give details. Right. They would, they, well, they'll, yeah, they'll, they'll cite privacy and government regulation and that sort of thing. But mm-hmm. they, they would come, They would say, hey, look, uh, this is a strictly a football issue. Uh, you committed recruiting violations. What's going on? Do you know what these young men go through? They go to war for this. Yes, we understand that. We're not talking about that. We're talking about the actual football of the adults. You get the guilt trip not for asking the, player. the question. We're not talking about the players. We respect everything they do, and we're – very proud of them in this country, but you as coaches, what's going on there? Do you know what these young men go through? Okay, bro. That's yeah. fine. Believe me, there's there's a little bit more to this than uh, just what's happened because obviously there was the UNLV basketball thing with Dave yeah. Rice and uh, Dave Pilipovich when the UNLV players didn't stop for, you know, Air Force. I think it was pregame because they, they – I forget the name of the song they have. They play. They have their their band play a song at the end of the game, and you know most schools will sit there and sit on the court, and you know they'll they'll pay honor to it as well. I mean, I can tell you for the Air Force UNLV football game, that probably wasn't an easy thing to do for the UNLV players to stand there, and they did stand there after they got shellacked for like nine thousand yards rushing, right. you know, and got a stuff down their throat. But it just happened that hey, the Dave Rice's team either they weren't paying attention, and then it turned into this whole big thing, and you know I've mentioned it. You know, Grainy enjoyed writing about it. I thought it was kind of ridiculous to just slam the entire UNLV basketball program for, you know, not having the character of the Air Force players. Which funny because I went up there 
I think it was like four years later, and, uh, you know, as they were uh, holding up signs that UNLV players can't read. So I was like, wait, I thought we were all going to be respectful here. Wasn't it the, the, your school that was chanting the F Army? F Navy. Navy, okay. Which I, which I, I understand. Like, you can't sit there and say F Navy. It's a football game, but you, you, can, you can have, a, like, a little bit of class, a little bit of, little bit of couth in that case. That has nothing to do that. That whole thing with Pilipovich, I thought he, I thought he freaking totally took advantage of that, and uh, and that I think was was the case where I think UNLV had uh, kicked their rear ends in basketball like a month earlier and, and hung a hundred, and then Air Force kicked the crap out of UNLV. Yeah, and it was actually maybe Rice wasn't even. I don't know, whatever it was, but he he was he was feeling it, and then you know it turned into this like our guys. All right, hold and you know, hold, hold different, a whole different athletes. level. You're right; they are their their level of commitment is amazing. But in this case, come on, that's not fair. It, it's it's not fair to paint the brush of what they do off the floor to what they do what they're doing on the floor in the, just in better the heat people. of competition. I, I, I guess, I guess. No, you know, are you a better person than Tom Brady? Yes. Have you carried a lie for 20 years like Tom Brady? Well, I don't know that he's carrying a lie. He never admitted that it was a fumble. Well, it wasn't, and he still hasn't. I thought he did. I thought Bieber put him on the spot, and he he said the tuck rule has a fumble. Not was. Might have been. He said might have been. Yeah. He still won't come clean. No. Well, it's, he, he if he does, he's wrong. It wasn't what, a fumble. What is the Bieber thing? So uh, it was like a TikTok trend where Bieber just said, tell me something honest. He's getting all these celebrities to step and up. Then, yeah, and then, but it's it's all normal people too. But then some celebrities jumped in. Why on would it you? Why, if you're if you're Bieber, why would you ask about the Tuck rule and not ask about the whole? He didn't, pl- he didn't ask about the Tuck. Oh, he, oh, so he let he let Brady dictate it. Not no, not Brady. He Bieber said for everyone on the planet. Oh, it's every. We're, we can all be truthful. He said, "Tell me something honest for uh, everyone." Oh, I thought it was like pointed out a no. different person. And Brady jumped and I, in. And I thought it would be like a question specifically, like, no. "Hey, Tom." What was really going on on that plane with you and Ben Affleck that Affleck took the hit on? Like, who was really the womanizer in that case? Nice work. I thought you got TikTok. This is a TikTok thing. I sometimes, I mean, I have to watch it a lot. And you know what? We've talked about it. My, my TikTok is all screwed up. The algorithm is just jacked up. I used to just be watching all these foodie videos, and it's just, it's just a flood of smut now. I, I can't control it. You can. You can? Yeah, you can. Mine is also that, and I've controlled it, though. I also get weird. I don't know what, like, couples pranking each other a lot. I don't understand why. What are you you watching on a regular basis? Uh, It is is very telling. And did I I mention this the other day? I'm out with the, I think I mentioned this already, but I'm out with the SO, and I wanted to show something on TikTok, and I pull up TikTok, and it's just like, you know, chick shaking and boobs, and I'm like, come on. It just pops right up. I'm like, what is going on with this thing? That's, that's how and the, the whole the whole table's like, what are you watching? I'm like, eh, this thing's out of control. I, I, I don't know what, you know. It's weird. Algorithm's broken. Yeah, until you've cultivated your TikTok. Good Should work. Should have been a couple of fried eggs that came up. Hanging at the LV Ballpark, it's Cofield and Company. All right, Cofield and Company, you heard it. At the ballpark. UNLV Hawaii baseball coming up, three-game series, 6.05 first pitch. All right, Stanford Routes coming up here in a second. The former Raider, we were going to talk about Dan Ventrelli uh, and this mysterious parting of the ways between he and Mark Davis. Mystery does not remain anymore. It's not a good description. We have something on this, right? At least what Ventrelli's 
claiming? Yeah. What is it? So Ventrelli has now put out a statement. He says essentially to boil it down. I won't read the whole thing. We can get into that later. But he said that there's been a lot of people that have complained in the building about a toxic work environment, particularly toward female employees. He went to Mark Davis, and Mark Davis was dismissive and ignored his his complaints. So Ventrelli then went to the league and said, hey, something needs to be looked at. And in retaliation for that, he has been fired. That is a, that is not us saying that. That is according to Ventrelli in his statement that he oh just boy. put out. So obviously there are two sides to every story. As the world turns in the NFL, it's crazy. Stanford Route played for the Raiders in Oakland. Longtime NFL player. He's one of our uh, NFL insiders. He joins us on a Friday. Stanford, how you doing, buddy? What's going on, guys? Well, <laughs> sorry to walk oh. you right into this one, but we were all wondering what the hell was going on. You know, another you know longtime member of the organization is out and. I guess we'll wait for the story to unfold here, but that's uh, if that's true, that's distressing news that uh, the Raiders may have an issue with a, a workplace environment. Yeah, uh, man, Dan was there even back in my days being there, so he definitely was a long-tenured uh, Raider inside officer, if that's what you want to call it. But to hear those accusations, what you just read out, what the hell? Like, we have the situation with John Gruden last year. Then we got the situation with Henry Ruggs. Then we got Damon Arnett. Then we got uh, uh, Hobbs uh, right after the Indianapolis Colts victory. What the hell? So now we got a Washington Commanders type of situation where it's a toxic work environment against females. Good Lord. Like, can there be any more? I mean, like, next you're going to tell me that there's devil worshiping going on over there uh, in, in Las Vegas. Like, what the hell? Like, can the Raiders get a break from distractions or us? Like, but uh, hopefully that, you know, uh, this comes, hopefully this comes out not to be the case. Uh, I've been, I've worked with Dan Ventrelli plenty of times my, my, uh, during my tenure with the Oakland Raiders at the time. And he always appeared to be somebody that was on the up and up, not somebody that's just going to go ahead and just, you know, spew out uh, blasphemous rumors or anything like that. So just off of that alone, I always knew him to be trustworthy. But saying that he's saying this, you're going to see, you're going to see more fallout from this, from the league, from maybe Congress or the Supreme Court or whomever as far as uh, trying to get to the bottom of this. But what the hell, guys? Come on. Uh, we did just bring this on you. By the way, that statement was put out at 4.12 p.m., which I think is six, six minutes ago at this point. So it's all new wow. to all of us. So we are all, uh, we're all trying to process this. It was during the break that that came out. I have questions that I was going to ask you before this came out. So uh, one of them was, does, does a pr- – now – this all changes it, right? If there's a environment issue and this is going to be a big story, it changes this question. But I just want to ask, like, does it matter? To players, do they care? The team president, who's in charge of the organization, do those things matter? As far as the team president, no, because players, they're not going to be interacting with that person anyways. If anything, you're going to be interacting with the head coach, maybe just maybe the GM. And when you got an owner like a uh, like an Al Davis, God rest his soul, or like a Jerry Jones, they may interact with the players. But as far as the team president, oftentimes you don't even know who the team president is just because like they're always up in the office somewhere or they're up there in the press box during the game. So you very seldom are able to interact with them unless they know who they are, what title they hold. So as far as that aspect, no, that does not matter to a player. I guess how much does dysfunction in the organization matter then? I mean, if things were going on in the building, yeah, players are in the building, but they're doing their own thing, right? I mean, 
this is this is something that could play out, and we'll talk about it, and it could be potentially something that the players are asked about, but they might not even know or care what's going on in the building. They're just trying to get ready to play football games. Yeah, but I do believe that everything matters. I do believe that you can feel the vibrations. You can feel everything permeating throughout an organization. When you look at the teams like the Pittsburgh Steelers, who made the playoffs yet again this past season, even though they did not have a talented roster from top to bottom, you look at the Green Bay Packers, you look at teams like the San Francisco 49ers, the Kansas City Chiefs, you look at the New England Patriots. I can go all the way down the list. When you look at those teams that seem to always be in the playoffs, so they're always in the thick of things. I, has Mike Tomlin ever had a lose season for the Pittsburgh Steelers I don't think he has and the reason why I say that is because the teams that you see that seem to perennially always be good or in the playoffs it's because they don't have dysfunction within the organization and the teams that you see not making the playoffs the Jets the Jaguars I can go all the the Lions crying out loud they have dysfunction within the organization. So I do think that those go hand in hand. Obviously, how women are being treated in the workplace, it doesn't it, it, it doesn't directly affect the players because, okay, well, there's no players on the on the football team. So it's not like they're, you know, being affected in any way directly. True. But I do believe the way that you run an organization, and if you want to run it the right way, it has to be ran the right way from top all the way to bottom. The Washington Commanders, you wonder why, okay, they can't even get the quarterback position right. They can't even get the owner right. And look at the situation going on out there. So the teams that have dysfunction, it will show up on the football field one way or the other because the same people that are in the front office creating the dysfunction, they're the ones that are doing what? Drafting the players, signing people in free agency, hiring coaches, firing coaches, things like that. So I do believe it does not affect the players directly as far as, okay, well, they're not going to be disrespected. They're not going to be mistreated. True. But when you look, think of everything from an indirect perspective, yes, it is going to have an adverse impact on the organization in one way or the other. Stanford Route is with us. Uh, I want to play you a cut. I want to play the audience a cut. It turned out to be, I think, one of the most interesting cuts of the week around the NFL. Ryan Tannehill on Malik Willis and mentoring. Fire this, Jared. In a quarterback room in the same room. You know, we're we're competing against each other. We're uh, you know watching the same tape. We're we're doing the same drills. Uh, I don't think it's my job to mentor him, but you know, if he learns learns from me along the way, then then that's a great thing. I don't feel like it's my job to mentor him. Stanford, what do you think of that? I'll ask everybody listening to this episode right now. I will ask y'all, where the hell in America are you expected to mentor your replacement that the, that your employer just hired? Wait, expected to by who? Because I feel like most job by the by your employ by your other by your employer by yeah. your coworkers by the people who happen to come into your place of employment and will watch you while you do your job, whether they're applauding you, whether they're booing you, whether they're high fiving you, or just anything. But where the hell on planet Earth are you expected by anybody to actually groom slash mentor the person that was hired? to eventually take your position and either a you'll be demoted or b you'll just simply be fired yeah here, here like because here's the thing i agree with you i think it's i think it's silly to judge ryan Tannehill, especially because some but, people have come out as his you know as former teammates and said but, hey, great teammate will do anything but i think in corporate america it's expected everywhere like that I, is expected I look, where in corporate america 
like I think people bring in a younger person and then they're like, hey, train this person and then sweep people out. I think it happens all the time. And, and yes, I, I like I, I don't know think that. we judge them. Exactly. And why don't we judge them? Because for some reason we love million millionaires and billionaires. I don't know why. <laughs> I don't know why. I don't know why we take we take ownership side in labor negotiations. I don't know why any of these things. But for some exactly. reason we love exactly. the millionaires and billionaires, and I don't get it. So the thing is, if you got somebody, let's say at a at a prestigious law firm, let's say they are seventy years old. They're a, they're a lawyer. They've been doing great for the company for the for the firm for about thirty five years. And then they bring in some little hot shot, young, fresh out of law school. Seems like he graduated at the top of his class, and they bring him in. You know, he's he's an associate, and they're telling one of the top guys who's been one of the top earners for the past thirty years. Hey, you know, hey, we just bought Steven in. Uh, we want you to go ahead and, you know, just show him the ropes. Well, that 70-year-old lawyer who's been there for 30-some-odd years, he's not about to go and just bring that guy under his wing and, and go ahead and say, hey, young buck, I already know that you already know everything because you graduated at the top of your class as far in law school, but I'm about to show you the nuances. I'm about to show you the little nooks and crannies, little tricks to the trade as to go ahead and really get your feet wet in this legal system, things like that. Nobody is going to fault him for not wanting to teach this young shot, this young hot shot fresh out of law school, everything that he knows. Nobody's going to fault him for that. But when Ryan Tannehill says it, and by the way, in the media, what is the one thing we want all, out of all of our athletes? You know, like you just said, the millions and, business, millions and billionaires, you want authenticity. Yep. And then when they give you authenticity, that's when everybody wants to go ahead and pile on them and malign them and criticize them. So, I understand the dynamic. It's a it, it's a it's a delicate dance where we're drafting somebody pretty high in the draft. Yes, we're drafting them to eventually replace you, but we expect you to be a good teammate and to go ahead and do what a good teammate does, help them along the way, show them how to get to the facility on time, show them how to be a professional, things like that. But when you really break it down into its simplest form, you were actually grooming somebody who was hired to push you out of the door. And in America, I'm sorry, in the world, there's this thing that we all must have to live by. And those are dead presidents. And Ryan Tannehill knows that if he is not the starting quarterback of the Tennessee Titans, he's not going to be getting those 30 some odd million dollars a year of dead presidents. He's not going to be getting that. So he wants to go ahead and continue to feed his family and he can live good. So in order for me to do that, I'm going to have to be the starter, and Malik is still going to have to be the backup. If Malik becomes a starter, thus they won't have any use for me, especially not at $30 million a year. So the thing is that I challenge anybody who really has an issue with what Ryan Tannehill said to look me in my eye and tell me, yes, when my company brings in some young hotshot fresh out of college, and they actually want me to show them the ropes. I'm going to show them the ropes. I'm going to mentor them. I'm going to go ahead. I'm going to groom them. And I'm going to do that with a smile on my face, knowing that eventually they're going to be the reason why my boss calls me in the office and gives me that, oh, man, I really hate this part of my job. Yes, yes. I'm going to have to let you go. And do that with a smile on their face, knowing right. I am grooming the person who is eventually going to run me up out of here. I challenge anybody on planet Earth to look me in my and tell me they would do that with a smile on their face. Stanford Route, NFL insider, former Raider, is up with Cofield and Company on a Friday. Let's go in a different direction to close things out here. All right. um, it's pretty hot and heavy with NIL in college football, and I just saw oh, the news yes the other day. Uh, B. John Robinson, great running back. 
with Texas. Just got a, uh, a Lamborghini deal, part of his portfolio, Raising Canes, uh, DAZN, Cameo. He's got a whole bunch of deals. Um, I, maybe he'll be this guy because I, I hear a lot of older former football players who are, like, shaking their fists at the This is going to ruin college football. Is it going to ruin college football? What are the pitfalls here of NIL getting so big for some of the players? I think the pitfalls that uh, that college football could be facing, I'm sorry, college sports could be facing are endless when you really look at this. First of all, I'm going to ask you this. So, uh, like I said, uh, you know, I, I remember, you know, you sent me the little layout of everything that you want to talk about earlier. And, yeah, I saw that uh, with the, the NIL deal with Lamborghini Austin. So I'm going to ask this. Does that mean he gets a Lamborghini out of it? Yes. Oh, <laughs> my God. Guys, you know I'm from Austin. You got, you got some eligibility <laughs> so, left? <laughs> I wish I did. So wait a minute. Um, I had to get to be where I was damn near 30 yeah. before I was able to comfortably buy an exotic car. And you're telling me this kid is running around here in a burnt orange uniform uh, in college uh, about to be riding around in a Lambo. Sounds like it. Oh, my goodness. Hey, listen, <laughs> I understand the theory of evolution. Everything changes. <laughs> Guys get bigger, faster, stronger. You know, obviously the rules have changed. So I'm not going to be Mr. Old Man saying get off my lawn. I get it. That's the new wave of college sports. I get it. But I'll say this. Because you've even started to see guys who are now entering the transfer portal because they feel like they can get better NIL deals at right. another school. I just feel and until they find a way to regulate this in one way or the other, as far as you, uh, you have to have a specific reason to transfer to another school. There has to be a certain deadline or a certain cutoff date as far as when you can enter the transfer portal, things like that. Unless they find some way to regulate this, it will become the wild, wild west. And, uh, and also, you already deal with that as a grown man. At any company, at any employer, there's going to be guys who are paid more than others. That's a yep. part of being an adult. That's part of being a man. But when you're in college, you got guys 17, 18, 19, 20, 21 years old. And now for Bijan Robinson, he's got this Lamborghini deal uh, with Lamborghini Austin. Like you just said, the Raising Cane, C4 Energy Center, Days in Cameo, things like that. I just think that it's creating such a divide with the guys who don't get the NIL deals and the ones who do. And it's, it's, it's creating that divide. It's creating that dichotomy at a much younger age. When I'm not sure, as a young man, you're mentally, you're mature and equipped enough mentally to be able to handle it. So what my biggest fear is, okay, let's say you have some guy that comes out of high school, he's a four-star recruit, and he gets to college and he sees his buddy or he sees other guys getting NIL deals and he doesn't get one. Does he fall into a certain type of depression where his grades tank or, dare I say, commit suicide, things like that? I just feel like there are so many tentacles to this NIL, and until it gets regulated, in some form or fashion, I don't know how, but until it gets regulated, I think that the pitfalls that could potentially be down the road, I just feel that it's endless. Last one off of football. Just in general, what was your reaction to Dave Chappelle having some dude run up on stage and attack him and then Chappelle security and Buster Rhymes and Jamie Foxx apparently just freaking lit the guy up in the back? Yeah, I'm wondering how the hell is he not being charged? I saw something online where – uh, he's not going to be uh, convicted or he's not going to be charged or something like that. Yeah. Uh, maybe I was reading something that, you know, wasn't accurate. Hopefully he is. But, you know, I think that uh, obviously 
uh, you know, that's something that should not happen. You know, you look at how sometimes fans will run on the field, fans will run on the court. It even happened in an NBA game, what, maybe two weeks ago, things like that. And I feel like I feel like law enforcement has to find a better way to go ahead and crack down on this and, and find a way to go ahead and thwart these types of individuals from trying to attack a certain comedian or trying to run on the field and possibly cause harm to an athlete, whether it's football, basketball, baseball, soccer, what have you. So they definitely have to find a way. They definitely have to do something about this because now you're getting to the point of where now you're threatening people's healthy, um, people's health, you're threatening people's safety, things like that. And then also just the trauma that may come from that from somebody seeing it. So they definitely have to find a way to crack down on this. I don't know how they're going to do it, but they definitely need to. And these people need to be made an example out of that way you can deter possible people from wanting to try this in the future. Update about an hour ago, man charged with attacking Dave Chappelle pleads not guilty to misdemeanor charges. So, oh, of course. He'll, he'll face some kind of guilty. penalty, and he's getting, uh, he's getting some uh, mental health services from a uh, local nonprofit. So we'll see how this plays out. But, yeah, very dangerous situation for everyone involved. Stanford, appreciate it. Hopefully we have less drama with the Raiders. We'll have a little more clarity, <laughs> but I have a feeling this is only the beginning uh, based on what Ventrelli is doing. Thanks for the time, buddy. Man, you guys be good. Be safe. I will talk to you next week. Hey, yes, sir. Stanford out, former Oakland Raider. All right, we'll build on what the uh, outgoing prez of the Raiders is saying about uh, lobbing accusations at the uh, Raiders organization. And I do want to get uh, Adam's take on the, uh, the whole Chappelle deal um, there are people out there who are like, you know, Will Smith, this is all because of you. Now it's just a free-for-all when people perform. You're live with the Fat Pack on Cofield and Company. I'm going to live till I die. I'm going to laugh instead of cry. I'm going to take the town and turn it upside down. I'm going to live, live, live until I die. All right, rolling out here at LV Ballpark. We'll get to a little more on that Chappelle story, the Raiders story with Dan Ventrelli and what he's alleging with Mark Davis and the organization. My God, there's a lot going on. We got uh, updates. Well, I want Adam's opinion, what he knows about Kelly McCrimmon coming back as the GM. So aviators are out of town right now. So LV Ballpark is being inhabited by UNLV Baseball. And uh, Jim Gemma with the aviators is here with us. What's up, buddy? Steve and Adam, thanks for having me on. This, this is a great spot. <laughs> yes. Oh, you mean to talk or just the setup here? Because the, the setup, setup is freaking awesome. Yes. We are on the Happy. concourse. And uh, how bad was it? We were actually whining earlier. We're like, it's going to be hot today and sunny. <laughs> it's great if it's We've like lived this. here for 25 yeah, years. It's nice breeze right now. Well, as I, as I was busting uh, Adam's shops, uh, Adam is starting to get, he gets sunburn on his head now. Um, the hair isn't as froish as it used to be, and he's, of, I have a lot of hair. He's claiming it's a spiking issue. It is, but as Jim and I know, you know, it, when you get older, Adam, eventually you're gonna have to you got to put the the sunscreen on, or you got to wear a hat all the time, right, Jim? That's for sure. <laughs> I'm, I'm a, a true testament to that. The hat's always on if you're out in the sun. Spray it on. You you want some? No, we fine. could be getting the we could be getting a reflection here. You all right? It only the happened, front. It's getting it, thin in the front. On, it's not a spike. It's you should see when I when I wake up and it's covering my eyes. Very it's defensive. ridiculous. Don't get defense because you're, it's insane. It's what I spike my hair to do to do TV spots. It's the only time it happens. So right. I learned my lesson. You might and, want to think about it. And when it's seventy degrees, that's when it happens because you don't knowledge for people that are just moving here. It's not when it's when it's most hot. You're not going to be in the sun that much. God. When it's not that hot, you'll be outside all day. Because you're like, ah, oh, it's not hot out. That's when you're going to get burned. 
Jim, let's talk about UNLV being here because we could go on like this. You've heard the show before. Uh, we'll go on forever. Um, first of all, UNLV having the opportunity to play at the ballpark. How does this all come together? Well, it's, you know, Don Logan, our present COO. I mean, when the stadium was built, this is going to be Las Vegas' ballpark. We're having the high school uh, baseball tournament here May 19, 2021. So, I mean, I, I, I got my start with UNLV baseball up teen many years ago, but it's great to have him out here. Obviously, Kevin Higgins played with the Stars associate head coach and uh, it was just great to have him out here i've been trying to do this for three years counting the COVID. so we were great when they had uh, asu here last month so hopefully we can continue to do this if there's like a big like if a texas comes in down the road or oklahoma it would be great to have them here in you know a couple series a year that's that's what we're hoping to do and i love your point about you know when we build these facilities Colleges and the high school should be involved, right? Absolutely. It be a community effort. Yes. Uh, I mean, that's what Don wanted to do. I mean, obviously, before Enchant came last winter, all the, all the minor league guys are working out on the field. I mean, they're still working out during the winter, you know, in the hitting cages, indoor and stuff. But, no, this is what this was meant to be built for, too. So when, when the UNLV plays here, do you guys take out the nice grass and put your yeah. old grass in that they have to play on or – some other let's, you know, let's fake stop. Turf. They don't, they're not sliding in a different tray. Cut it out. <laughs> yeah, we know what is, you're doing. Uh, I, I did uh, actually bump into our groundskeeper before. This this turf uh, is, is definitely the right turf this time. Uh, the original turf was good, but this is what they were hoping to get because within Chan here, we're going to get a new uh, playing surface again next year. But this this uh, field is absolutely beautiful right now, and it's playing well too. There's no bad hops. It's it's really good. I mean, our guys love playing on it. Wait, I hadn't heard that. So when you host that event during the winter, the field, I guess, couldn't get kind of jacked up? Yeah, the field's done. I mean, the <laughs> really? field's done. The I didn't know that. Trashed. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> He's like, the field is trashed. Yeah, it's done. And then the Pro Bowl came in with their own turf because the NFL prints money. They brought their own grass in. So, I mean, we're – Oh, is uh, that right? Yeah, they brought their own turf in, the NFL. Wow. They, and the cost of it was, was outrageous. But we we're, we're going to get a new field anyway. So it, it was scheduled to go in mid-February. So it all worked out. It, it, it looks great, and it's playing well, too. You know, I forgot about the, the NFL dealio. How many more, like, what's, in terms of the imagination, how many more things can you guys host aside from, you know, what the place was built for? Baseball, I mean, are you guys looking at more events? Definitely. I mean, we'd love to get some concerts in here, but it's it's really hard because there's so many residencies. But that's a, another story for another day. We do have the Nitro Circus here July 4th, which is basically a, you know, a motorcycle show. But it's really easy to set up and down. They're, they're basically, uh, you know, ramps. So that'll be cool. Um, I mean, we're just trying to get as much uh, things in here as possible. I mean, and Chance coming back again in November. And that was a huge uh, success. What do you guys have coming up when the uh, aviators are back in town? We got uh, Salt Lake Bees next week, and uh, I mean, Joe Adele got sent down from the Angels, which uh, which is great for us to watch a, a player like that play here. Although he killed us last year with about five home runs, but and, you know there, there's a lot of Angel fans here in Southern Nevada, so it's always good. Like when the Angels come in, uh, we're here for six games, and then uh, the Aviators will go out for an extended uh, road trip to uh, Reno and Tacoma, uh, basically May 17th to the 29th. I, I don't like to give it away because it's my secret, but it's not really a secret. Uh, the hangar, the bar out in right center field, one of the best spots in all of Las Vegas. I, I just love it out there. And I've told some people, I got some texts this weekend uh, of people that were just out there like, wow, you were really right about this. Like, yeah, it's a great spot out there. Just sit there and watch games and just kind of people watch and, and just be a part of it. It's, it's such a cool, the whole stadium is cool, uh, but 
that's my favorite part. Yeah, that's the best thing about this place. I mean, uh, you know, it, the bottom bowl is 360. As you know, you can walk all the way around. And, uh, you know, we're leading all of AAA again with 120,000-plus. And the fans have been great here. And, you know, it, it's always been a great product. But, I mean, it's just sometimes walking in here, it's kind of surreal still we have this here because, huh. you know, we're in Cashman for so many years. Let's close on this. We were talking about different events being hosted. Uh, back to baseball what what's going on with the triple a championship uh like there's a whole set of events right yeah we're supposed to have originally the triple a championship the il versus pcl in one game winner take all in 2020 and obviously got wiped out this is going to be a weekend deal uh because triple a is going into the end of september now because uh mlb wants the triple a players to play longer and longer because of call-ups but uh the international league is going to play uh two division winners on the friday I'm sorry, the PCL is going to do it on the Friday. Saturday, October 1st, the IL gets to do it. And then these are all, you know, one game and you're out. So the championship Sunday, October 2nd, uh, it'll be the International League versus the uh, Pacific Coast League. So it'll be a really great event. It'll be uh, televised, which is always good, you know, for, for the LVCBA and, you know, tourism market. Uh, you know, we're always on that too. Jim, thanks. Appreciate the setup. This is sweet. And uh, we'll be out here again, you know, throughout the summer for select games. But, uh, Excellent, excellent setup for ESPN Las Vegas. Great. It, yeah, it turned out wonderful. It's always great to have you guys out here. There he is. Jim Gemma with the Aviators. When we come back, we'll get you updated on the Sixers. Uh-oh, Joel Embiid is back. Let's see what they're doing. It's Cofield and Company's Eye on Sports Gambling. I'm going to kill your bookmaker. I'm going to rip his throat out. I will step on his throat until the man chokes. Let me tell you how. Winners, 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 winners. Free, 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 free. There's winners everywhere. Uh, do I have any chance to win my Sixers pre-series bet, which I guess I, if I had any confidence, I should have backed it up after game one and two, but I got them 310 going into the series with the hope that Embiid would return. Joel Embiid is back. The Sixers early in the second quarter, 23-17 to 17 over the Heat, and uh, Embiid, I think, has seven points and four rebounds. So Good start. Do I have a shot for a comeback in the series? I don't think it's out of the question. I mean, if, if, depending on how he holds up, I don't know how, you know, he obviously was able to come back. He was ruled out, then it was upgraded to doubtful, and then he played. Um, and oftentimes you get that one, you know, that one game boost from a guy who, you know, is coming back from a little bit of an injury. Uh, it's that second game that you kind of worry about. Like, how's he going to be able to play? But if he's able to play at a very high level and play through, you know, the concussion symptoms and broken orbital orbital that he has like that, that i mean i know he's wearing a mask and there's a chance you get hit again so that's risky when your face is broken and you're running doesn't it hurt i would imagine so like anyone who anyone who questions a, a dude like that he, and he is off injured he's a gigantic human being but anyone who wants to question his toughness like i don't think i'd be running with a broken face anytime yeah. after the broken face not for at least four years yeah <laughs> Like, Let face, me go play basketball face, and have people drive on me. And, yeah, I'm going to take charges. Let me, no. let me keep my position as some 6'7", 250 dude is coming down with his elbow to my already broken face. Well, let's see. Like, I, I mean, that's, that's part of the question, too, right? I mean, not to, I'm not disparaging Joel Embiid, but I'm also, like, wondering, like, will he be able to play deep? Will he be able to stand in there and, yep. and take a shot? Will he be able to take a charge? Like, those are questions. Like you, have that are to, you have to attack. Of course. Of course. Just no like I, I, I know – I know the other day, you know, Draymond Green was very mad at the fans because he might have a concussion. He was bleeding. 
<laughs> right? I, I know, you know, I know, I know, I know, I know Draymond now wants to everyone to respect his health, but if I'm the Grizz, I'm going at Draymond tomorrow. And we will get into the other side. Draymond is going to go at the Grizz, and I, I don't know what he's, if he has to wear anything, you know, having his face all puffed up and, and bloodied. But th- this is also, it, it's also why oftentimes we, you know, we get on certain sports and especially hockey about not talking about things, but there is, there is a competitive advantage in knowing what yeah. injuries are. And if you know somebody's hurt to go after that injury, like that is, it's part of the game. I am so devastated today. And by the way, Sixers up 28-17 now, nine and a half in the first half. I'm so devastated today. I've had so much fun uh, rooting against the Reds, reveling in the fact that that owner's son was like, where else are you going to go? <laughs> They're 3-22. and 22. They've got nine straight losses. They're 2-19 and 19 against the run line last 21. I was all over the Pirates today. I think I got them today at minus whatever. It went down a little bit, minus 110. And then the game, like, enough with the cancellation. What is it, raining a little bit? Play baseball. So the Reds Pirates got canceled, postponed. Don't I mean the the Reds are? I mean, people are making fun of them and laughing. And I know the the, win, the adjusted win total is now down to fifty seven and a half, which still seems kind of high. Uh, but I think people are going to run into a little bit of a you know a reality, a sense of reality at some point soon. Like there's they have fifteen guys on the disabled list. That sounds like some sort of a joke. Like they have like fifteen. There's literally fifteen players on the DL right now. None of their major leaguers are actually in the lineup. It's crazy. <sighs> boo hoo, boo hoo. Uh, you and Dr. Dre. Um, let's see who's hurt. All right. So Vado has COVID nineteen related issues. The other guys on the DL. India is on the DL. Are right? Johnny India, Donovan Solano, Max Schrock, Jose Barrero, developmental player. Uh, Jake Fraley, who they got in that Seattle trade, and you know Nick Senzel. By, by the way, so the they, so far, stuff. wait, haven't you named their entire starting infield already? And now Senzel's the starting center fielder. So like, this is legitimately their entire lineup. Their infield's fine. They got Colin Moran, Drury. They got Mustakis. Kyle Farmer at 16 homers last year. They got depth. They're fine. Okay, but you, I, I think their entire starting lineup you no, already named. No, their problem is, and now Louis Castillo's coming back, so he's the best pitcher. Their problem is. Because they're tanking, they're rolling pitchers out like Hunter Green, oh. and they're like, go ahead, go ahead, young fella, go ahead and deal with it. He got well, destroyed yesterday. It, they, it, they wanted to lean on all these young pitchers. It ain't working. Well, they're also trying to not they're, – they're trying to manage as best they can and, like, not burn bullpen. So, like, Vladimir Gutierrez the other day was so bad. And I I had – I had bet the run line against them, so I was, yeah. just, I was trying to cheer it in. Yeah. And I'm watching it, I'm like – all right, they they better take advantage of this because this is a disaster. And they just kept him they just every inning. It's like all right, three in the first, two in the second, four in the third. Like he's still out there, and he's walking guys. And then finally he'll throw a strike, and he gets hit out of the park. And I mean, Rowdy Telez, I think hit like three bombs that are still going against him because he was just actually trying to throw a strike. It was insane. But they're I know keeping guys out there. Mentioning fantasy baseball teams on sports radio was like the lowest of the low. But I do have a league. We have, we're actually but we're in leagues, too, where we have minor leaguers. And I have a Reds minor leaguer, and the reason I got him, he's a pitcher. I was like, well, he's going to pitch for him this year, so I like to have guys who are right on the verge. The other day, I'm like, nah, I'm cutting him. I don't even want him on the Reds. You don't want him to get called up. Yeah, I don't want him to get called up because I, yeah. like, I might start him in a, you know, in a real lineup for a couple of games and just get freaking destroyed. Five o'clock hours on the way. So we got big news with Kelly McCrimmon coming back as a GM of the Golden Knights and more and more details now. If you didn't hear it, Dan Ventrelli, the president of the Raiders, abruptly out. He's been with the Raiders for a long time.
He is done with the organization, and he's lobbing some serious allegations the way of MD.